such a treat to see you. Thank you for doing this. Oh my God. It's so, I wish you, I was in Michigan seeing you, but I mean. Well, yes. One of these days. You look so exactly the same. You, you could just be like walking into my class. You look exactly the same. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> oh, hello. Hi. Is it funny? Yeah. Like, I feel like even though I haven't seen either of you in so long, I feel like you both look exactly the same as I picture you in my mind all these years later the same, the same completely and ironically I nick i think on instagram so well that but yeah. i also think you had blonde hair when we were in college at one point too maybe well, different colors yeah i'm sure okay. <laughs> Hi, it's so great to see you both. So good to see you. Amazing. You know, I'm here in Michigan and it's really um, humid and we had some thunderstorms and people lost power. So I hope mine holds up. I do too. I <laughs> miss that. I kind of, I mean, I don't necessarily miss the humidity, but I do, I mean, you know, growing up in Michigan, I do miss the yeah. like summertime thunderstorms that are just completely non-existent in California. Yeah. Um, yeah. Not so nice. Well, are today, you, today like there, there was one that just came out of nowhere and it was like one of those great summer rains that kind of cleans everything away. It was, it was yeah. great. Yeah. It's so nice. No, I, I, I had that in New York. I had a thunderstorm and me and my dad were sitting outside and I was like, this is so odd. I'm like, should we go in? He's like, no, let's just enjoy it. I'm like, inside he's like no we'll sit outside and watch the thunder i'm like okay <laughs> do either of you ever get back to michigan do you have family here ever Nick, I, I mean my dad still lives there uh but not not all that much my mom and my brother live in idaho now my brother always yeah. the idaho years ago and then my kids my mom it's funny my mom was retired she retired the year that i was a freshman so she's been retired for a long time uh, she had nothing to do in Michigan so she basically just moved where he was and yeah. so I, I'd love to I, I yeah I feel like the last time I was there I think it was actually it was when I was working at Amazon and we shot a pilot there it was in Detroit and oh. I hadn't been in Detroit in ages and I was just so kind of marveled by how much it had changed yeah um, it's really it, yeah we almost went. I mean, there was, we almost, we almost had our full trip booked and I forget what happened, but we were super excited. I was so that's excited. That's right. I it was a couple when, of years ago. That's, I went back through these emails and then, you know, realized we had kind of left that dangling. We'll have to see why you didn't come. I think one of you got busy with something. I'm happy to do it, but I feel like Nick is way more successful in the TV realm than I am, especially with White Lotus right now, which I'm so sad it's over. It was so good, Nick. It was oh so God, good. Nick, it's the best TV I've seen in so long. I'm just talking <laughs> about it to everybody. And um, congratulations, man. What a great show. Is it like, so I have a question about it. Like you're doing a second season. I saw that. Is it, can we ask questions? Like, is it happening at a different hotel? Yeah. yeah. Whole new cast? Pretty much. I mean, I think like for sure, you know, it's interesting, you know, this whole it all came together so quickly because on, um, you know, HBO, like most places, you know, everything got shut down. So there was a real deficiency on their schedules for this year. 
And, you know, like, obviously, like, people aren't necessarily designing television. I mean, unless you're doing, like, a multi-camera sitcom, like, people aren't really designing television shows to be very, uh, you know, isolated or, like, you know, condensed to, like, one location. So, you know, they were talking to a few different people. And the creator of the show, I was an executive at HBO for a long time. And I developed and oversaw his show when I was there. Um, And he always when I was doing comedy at Amazon, we always kind of talked about doing not the white Lotus, but we were going to do the honeymoon couple and uh, it was going to follow them to different hotels. Mm. And then just kind of like never came to fruition. And so when HBO asked if he had any kind of, you know, like low footprint can kind of be done in a bubble, he just kind of always thought about this and, you know, ultimately kind of, you know, put it together and, yeah, you know, and it, we, we had to, I mean, he like wrote all the scripts within like a month and then like we started shooting mid-October and we had to be out by Christmas just because the hotel was like reopening and, and we had to like leave. So it was very, very quick. But to answer your question, like it was always kind of designed just to quite frankly be a one-off just to help with some programming needs. Um, but when we were making it, you know, the nice thing about it was we were always kind of talking like, oh, like if it popped in some way, like it's almost kind of a franchise in itself. Like it's not a franchise in the sense of something like Marvel or DC comic oriented, but like, you know, having something kind of like set at this hotel where it's kind of the lead character in a way. And you can just kind of like you know, transfer that to Europe or transfer it to Japan or transfer it to South America. Like, you know, like it's, it's such a kind of like easy sell in a way. So, uh, so yeah, so we always were talking about that, but yeah, I mean, I think what we're focusing on for the second season is probably Europe. Um, you know, we're looking at France, we're looking at Italy. Um, I feel like it'll probably be somewhere around there. I mean, who knows, there might be, you know, something that comes out of the woodwork that's great, but. If you need anyone to cook you soup while you're on set, happy to fly out. Vegan, like, yeah. Like, I'm happy to fly out and just keep you company, like whisper sweet nothings in your ear just to move things along. Happy to do it. It was fantastic. It was, everybody in it was so good. Yeah. And it just was so good. I mean, and it's funny because the creator of the show, you know, I recognize him from Survivor too. Like he's in like a lot of reality television shows. I don't know if people know that too, which I am like, I, I feel like I know him. Yeah. Like, so it's so cool. I mean, he's in so many things and he did, did he write Enlightened too? Yeah. Yes. That's what we worked on the first time. Yeah. So he created that show. That's how we met. But yeah, I mean, he's, he's, really prolific i mean on one end he's you know i think on the tv side he's a little bit more known for you know some of these more kind of auteur um feeling prestige television but then like on the flip side like you know he wrote school of rock you know That's he wrote, my favorite movie yeah <laughs> and he wrote, i adore mike white this guy <laughs> uh he wrote nacho libra you know so like uh you know so it, it's interesting you know he's you know he kind of like floats like both spectrums but but yeah, he's, he's just like a lover of reality TV. When we were shooting the first season of Enlightened, that's where, I, God, I don't know if it was the, I think it was the second season maybe, of because he was on The Amazing Race twice, and he was on both times with his father. And I think, 
they were kind of doing a season where it was like, oh, like a reunion of like fan favorites or something. And so we were in post-production on the first season and he got the opportunity and he was just like, can I basically stop post-production and go do it? And, and we ended up like letting him do it. But uh, yeah, he's, uh, yeah, he's, he's very into that. I mean, I remember when I was in college, I was so obsessed with wanting to be on Survivor. That's when Survivor came out. Yeah. The first season. And I remember I was a little late to the game, but I feel like I got into it because I was, I was, I think I was in summer school. Like, so it was me and my friend. And I think I got into it, like, you know, the last 10 episodes and then I got really into it. And then the next season was like, like, the, like it was the season with Elizabeth Hasselback. Like, oh, yeah. it was the Australian Outback. And I was so obsessed with it. Um, I don't know. In my mind, I was like. She oh. like made shoes back then too, I feel like. If I recall, because I remember really being into it in college. I actually, in my early 30s, applied for Amazing Race with an ex-boyfriend of mine from college. <laughs> and he got called. And so when he called me to be like, oh my God, we like I got a call from CBS. I'm like, oh my God, are we going to be on Amazing Race? He was like, no. They asked me and they want me to choose a different partner. And I'm like, why would you call me to tell me that? This is why we're not together. Um, but yeah, so going back to school, I mean, you know, so just for everybody who's watching, and most likely just my mom and dad, but um, it's been a long time. How are I know, you? I know your whole family from that documentary you made. <laughs> you, you both know them. No. Um, so I, me and Nick actually met in, well, we became friends in Terry's, our last class with Terry, our senior year of college. Terry was our professor, but Terry, I, I think I had you for multiple classes throughout college. And then Nick and I lived together when we moved out. We lived together for a long time, I feel like, out here. And how long did we live together? It just seems like a long time ago. God. We, well, we lived to, oh, well, we lived together twice. Like, yeah. I was already out here for a few months. And then, oh, you, yeah. and then we lived together. And then, and then I, and then you live by yourself. I lived with my friend. And then we ended up living together again when I got my first dog. Oh yeah, butter yourself. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. But, and so we, we became friends in the TV class, which was the first year that you actually did that class because I remember it, it was like, I had a fight to get in because it was named something else and the curriculum was different where we did like a cooking show like the semester before. Right. And then when it became a TV writing class and that we got to do, I was like, Terry, I, I need to be in this class. Like, this is what I want to do. And, and like, you helped me get in. Otherwise they, they said no. Um, and then when Nick and I lived out in uh, LA together, I started right away at a talent agency and I, I was miserable. I was like coming home crying every day. You're like, you know, like, I remember you being like, it's fine. It's fine. And then you started at a talent agency and you like loved it. And I like, I was so mad that you didn't have the same experience that I did, but like you came home every day, like you loved everything about who you were meeting, what you were doing. And I was coming home, like, I, I can't do this anymore. And, um, that's basically what yeah. happened, but to get back to college, you know, I, I remember knowing after seeing the lecture with John Rich that I wanted to direct television. That was, 
that was it for me. Like I saw him lecture, um, and I really, really wanted to direct. And so, you know, that's where my path was. Did Nick, did you know what you wanted to do when you were at school? I don't know. I mean, I mean, you know, clearly in high school, I was like, you know, such a cinephile and, you know, like I was always having Oscar parties or, you know, like I was very, I, I knew I wanted to get into that. And then, you know, when we got into college, you know, I, I don't know, like I, I think, and, and I'm sure like, you know, especially the film and video studies department, it's probably evolved so much, especially with how easy it is to shoot things. And, you know, like there's just so much more, I think accessibility just to the business in general that, I think when we were there, you know, it was so, I don't know, it, it was so focused on writing or directing or creating um, that that's probably what I thought. It's funny, like, you know, creative criticism and feedback. And I, and I feel like you were the one who was like, oh, like, like maybe you would be, you know, good in development or you brought that concept up. And I didn't even really know what that meant. You know, like I just kind of like, I, like, I didn't realize, you know, what a development executive is or any of that kind of stuff, quite frankly. So I feel like after that, it gave me a little bit of something to be like, oh, like maybe, I don't know, like maybe I should just kind of like keep that in mind as I try to figure out what these next steps are. But yeah, I don't know. I mean, honestly, like, I think I came out and I just was like jobless for the summer. I was like, you know, working at this retail store and like I was interning for free and you had already been working at the talent agency. And so like, I didn't get hired at the talent agency. I worked out until like Thanksgiving. And I think I was just so like, oh my God, thank God. Like, I was like, like, oh, thank God. Like I have a job. And then I do think like once I was there, like it, in, you know, at, at agencies, it's just always like luck of the draw of who you work for. Are they good mentors? Are they not? All that kind of stuff. And I just, I think I like lucked out like working for people who were good mentors. I mean, my boss at the talent agency, you know, ultimately years later left and was the president of HBO, you know, so like all of these things kind of like come full circle, but realized like being a development executive, there was something kind of like one foot in being a creative, but also, you know, like having office hours, <laughs> like having, yeah. like having like a job job. Um, anyways, it's a really long-winded way of, of, of answering that, but no, I mean, really it was Terry who had mentioned it, that it, it was the thing that just kind of put that concept in my head and, you know, and then I just kind of learned exactly what that was once I got to Los Angeles. It's funny that you said that because Terry said one thing to me that um, plays over into my career now. But Terry, and then I'm going to ask you this because I don't know if you realize, like, you know, you're teaching all these kids, like it has such an impact down the line. And so I wonder if you ever, I hope you hear it often, but I, we got to direct those um, sitcoms, you know, like our senior thesis or whatever it was. And um, I was so anal about it. Like I even went in the night before and like blocked everything with post-its and I didn't even know that you did that. Like, I didn't even know we marked like the floor, which we do for sitcom television. We mark the cameras and all that stuff. But I didn't know that that back then, but I was so anal about writing everything out and making sure I had all these shots and this and that. So by the time that we got into the studio Argus, which was like a old TV yeah. news studio, um, 
I was calling the shots, what I had written down and you pulled me aside and you said, Tracy, look up at the monitors, just take, take a moment and look up at the monitors. And I, that's what I do for a living. Like I am a video switcher. I have to look at the monitors as many notes as I take. You never know what's going to happen. You don't know if someone's going to give a good facial reaction or the joke is going to change or whatever. And it's something that like, I hear my 20 year old self being like, Oh, okay. You know, like, listen to Terry. Like it still plays into my career. Well, but, I'm on your shoulder, like a little angel. Yes. <laughs> but as a professor, like when you're teaching, like, you know, you're, you're going into these classes with all these students. I mean, like you, can you see the ones that like really want it and like really want to do it or like, are, are like just there because it's like a fun class. Like, how do you, how do you, you know, well, it's a really good question. And you know, that is exactly when you were saying that, that is exactly what that has been the joy of my career. Your success is so amazing to me. And I'm so happy and congratulations to both of you. I, you know, it's, it's amazing to me. Um, Cause I, my, my role is to facilitate that whatever people want to do and where they want to go and it changes, but you know, success to me is so many different things. It's just living a, a life that you enjoy and that you feel fulfilled by. So I try to think that everyone who comes into my classes, you know, and I'm going to start next week again, which may be my last semester. We'll see. I don't know. I'm getting close to retirement age, but everyone who's in that room, you know, is going to have a life that is the potential to be whatever. And they don't know necessarily what it's going to be. So, you know, even though the, the department, Nick was saying this, it has changed and equipment has gotten so much better and so much easier to make things look good. You know, it used to be that you really had to light things carefully to make it look good. And, you know, you guys are talking about Argus and, you know, how we were doing multi-camera shows and stuff. It was, it was really a different time in some ways and not that long ago, really, when you think about it. So, um, you know, I'm getting off topic, but I think everybody has the potential to be, to be something. And I have students who are successful and I taught even before, you know, years before you guys were my students. Um, I was watching the Emmy Awards a couple of years ago and um, I had lost touch with this person, but one of the people who actually won the Emmy was Harry Bradbeer who teaches or who directs Fleabag. And I was oh, like, wow. oh my God, that's Harry. You know, like he was one of my first semesters that I was teaching and I've been back in touch with him, but like, wow, you know, he, I never thought that's what he would go on and do necessarily. And he has a really interesting path. He left school and went back to London, et cetera, et cetera. But, you know, I'm so tickled when people succeed and, you know, I don't know what it is that I'm necessarily going to say or teach them that's going to resonate with them and that will be part of their path. It's different for different people. And, you know, again, there's, like I said, success is so many different things. Some of my students have become really well-known scholars and, you know, others have become like you two, you know, working in the Hollywood and the industry. And um, it's just all over the map, but your class though, when I think about it, there's so many people in your class and in that class that we had together are really successful. Like I think about Shiana Mix, we were talking about her before Tracy, before Nick, you join us. She's like a really high executive at, uh, for content at Bravo. 
And yeah. you know, she she went into reality TV and really worked her way up through really hard work and a lot of talent. Um, Joaquin Elizondo, he's an yeah. editor. Joaquin, you know, I'll never forget. I'm from Costa Rica. That oh my God, yes. <laughs> anyway, he, you know, he does this great thing. He's a, you know, editor and he does a really cool thing called the Hollywood Mentor where he mentors a lot of young editors. Uh, Zach Arnold, you might remember. I don't know if you remember him, but he um, is also a really big editor and, and, you know, in Hollywood. So different people have gone to different, you know, places in their lives. And I guess I just don't know where that's going to be. And I always tell students, especially in the intro class, to keep an open mind, you know, take it all in because they don't know what part of it's going to apply to them. Um, can I show my, my dusty nuggets though? Since yes. School? So I'm cleaning up my office big time. I'm a hoarder. So I have all kinds of stuff that's, you know, from the nineties and before. So I found these things when I was going through a drawer this is your Tracy oh paper uh, <laughs> about we made you Bambi and I made you do and here's yours Nick. Oh my God! <laughs> These were your self-assessment papers for the class oh. we had together. Um, oh and they're, they're just hilarious. I mean, I won't embarrass you with them, but um, but I had saved them, and I also have Shiana's, which oh, you know, I love that. I must have them all in there somewhere. Although I have started to throw stuff out. And I kept these because I knew that we were going to be talking. I also have com copies of these scripts, my little degree. And then here's Wiser Buns. So oh my God. I have my notes and the scripts to you guys. It's hysterical. <laughs> I love that class. It's so weird because I came into film production in college late. Did, Nick, did you always major in film at, like in college? Yeah. Yeah. Really? I, I did because I first started in communications, then I did dramatic writing, and then I took I for dramatic writing, you had to take the production like 101 or whatever it was. And that was my first class with you, Terry. And I it was like a spring semester. Mm -hmm. I and that was it. I was like, I'm doing this. And I and you're right, like we had to rent out. I'm so curious. I Nick, we have to go back. I'm so curious how it works out. But like we had to rent out lighting equipment. Or we had to like rent out like film equipment where you had to like change the film in the bag. And then our editing rooms, we, we worked off of Avid's. Yeah. yeah. Like Final Cut, Final Cut was transitioning into the editing bays in, in Michigan, but we were working off Avid's and those things, man, Whew. not fun. <laughs> I feel like it was a little like hip to the trend because I feel like maybe there was an actual digital video class. I just can't remember. I just remember like somewhere I had to do it like a, like a pro and this was like when it was like the little, like it was, you know, digital video, but it was still kind of a camcorder mm -hmm. and then like independent studies where I would, you know, like I was able to kind of, you know, make these like mockumentaries or whatever. <laughs> and like, I just kept going to the digital video thing. So oh my God, like, it was so much easier. And like, I was specifically, you know, that was like, you know, like best of show and some of those things were just happening. So it, you know, it was like before the office and, you know, I think before the trend really kind of, you know, became these kind of like, you know, documentary style comedy series. But I specifically, I just remember doing like mockumentaries, A, because I don't know, you were probably in some of them, Tracy, but like, I feel like it was like, you didn't have to script it and you could kind of just like riff. You were good at them. And you then were really good at them. ultimately they didn't like look great. It was fine because like, 
it was kind of like a part of like the vibe. And then, yeah, and, and it was just like the, the editing was so much easier. I can't remember what we would have been editing. I still had to come into a bay. Like I just, it, yeah. it clearly wasn't the app, but I just can't remember what that system was at the time, but you yeah. were probably at, you were probably shooting on like high eight video, yeah, your little tapes, and then exactly that, that was a digital editing of some kind. It was because you had to black out the tape. Do you remember you had to like press record, black out the whole tape, and then rewind, and then oh my god, yeah, I know, right? <laughs> yeah, I actually did a documentary. Was, was that a different? You did an independent study, I think, with me, and you did that documentary on your family. Yeah. That's why I feel like I know your whole family, the, the crazy family. It was almost like a, it was almost like Nick was describing kind of a, like a, a, a mockumentary like a comedy verite sort of documentary <laughs> of your family. So like my, yeah, it was, uh, it was about my mom and like we, my, you know, I would, they were young. So my sister must've been like 20, 21. My brother was like 15 and I was interviewing them about Cuba and I'd be like, who's Castro? And my sister would be like, it's my granddad. And I'm like, come on. Like, <laughs> so funny. But I remember doing that. And I actually in my, I remember doing that and thinking if I ever got into something of my own, this is what I wanted to do because doc, I found it so interesting. I learned so much about my mom and I loved the documentary of putting the puzzle together I love that so much. And I remember at a college, I don't know, Nick, if I was living with you at the time, but I remember at a college, you, Terry, emailed me and you said, I think you should submit it to festivals. And I got into the San Francisco Film Festival and I went out and my family flew out. And my mom, because we got in, like made it like, you know, she was famous and my rented like a hotel at the Ritz Carlton. Like it was like this huge to do went to the Castro theater, had all the stuff. And in the documentary, and I didn't know this cause I did it in college. And I'm sure Nick, you know, this about music and whatever I put like songs from the Beatles in the documentary. So I'm, I'm, it's at the film festival. We're going around San Francisco. It's screening at different um, theaters. And the one question I always got was like, how did you get the rights to here comes the sun? I'm like, what? <clears throat> I never like had the right. I had, like, I had no idea you had to like do that. But yeah, we, we weren't so good about teaching that. Cause you know, everyone considers that when you're doing it for school, it's sort of fair use. But then when it goes beyond school like that, yeah. Do they, have, do they have like a sitcom writing class now at Michigan? They do. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Actually two levels. One is a, one is a um, spec class and one is a pilot's class. That would have been amazing. I ask you guys if you thought, if you ever thought when you were students that you'd be where you are now, like, did you, did you ever imagine that? Because like, that story of like, you're writing on Julia Louise Dreyfus and then you're working with her, like, isn't that, did you it, ever imagine? It For me, it was surreal. I mean, I, I sometimes you forget and but then you also become a little bit desensitized you know like I can't I've worked on so many sitcoms at this point and I've worked on fantastic sitcoms like Big Bang Theory and Two and a Half Men and Old Christine which was one of my favorites and Mike and Mom, like all these wonderful things but like when you're in it you kind of become desensitized so you have to sometimes take a moment and be like holy shit like I was part of this this was really freaking cool and um you, you have to do that, you know, cause it's, 
but like when you're in it, when you're in the thick of it and you're having these 14 hour days, I'm sure Nick, you have long days because it's single camera. You kind of like are in the mix and you forget, but then you just like take a moment and you're like, oh my God, this is really amazing. And, and even to say, even the beginning, like, you know, Nick and I, in the beginning of our careers, we lived together and we were struggling to gain this success or whatever. And if you think about it, then like, Nick, you probably go to the Oscars and you were so serious about your Oscar parties when we lived together. It's like, no one was allowed to talk. You had to dress up. Like you had to have your votes in. And like now, like, yeah, I would ask the same thing to Nick too. I mean, like, I don't think I would have worked with some of the people. I never thought that, but part of me hoped I would, you know, part of me hoped that I would have had a career like I've had. So I'm happy with it. And I'm, and I appreciate it and I'm grateful for it, but yeah, it's so weird, but I, yeah, I don't know, Nick, how, how do you feel? Yeah, I don't, I mean, it, it's, I think because I was just so kind of, whether I was obsessed with films and which then I think in college, it really transitioned into television. I really think like, ironically, like, you know, with the birth of like Sex and the City and some of these HBO shows that then like, you know, really kind of, you know, kind of turned me on to television. Um, you know, yeah, I don't know. I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I think I was so kind of like in it and I was so, um, you know, like I couldn't really think of like what else I would necessarily do, but kind of even to the point I made earlier with, you know, Terry mentioning like, oh, development and like, I don't know, just feeling like I don't really, it didn't feel totally tangible or necessarily within grasp that I probably thought, yeah, I'll probably do something, but like, you know, to the degree of like where my career has gone or the people I've been involved with, or again, even just going back to HBO, I do, I, I think when I, you know, cause I was first an executive at Warner brothers, I was an assistant and I got promoted trade. We probably lived together at some point there. Yeah. And, you know, you were working at Warner brothers and, you know, and I was doing more kind, I mean, funny enough, I, I worked on the pilot of Big Bang Theory, like, or maybe the second one, it was shot twice. Uh, you know, but I was doing more of these like multicams. And then again, my boss, who was my boss at the talent agency, she, you know, became the president of HBO and she was hiring people. And then I got hired to work in series at HBO. And I feel like, like when I went there, it was a little like, wow. Like, I think that was probably the moment if anything throughout my career where like when I got to go work at HBO like that felt like oh my god you know like that felt like a real achievement in a way um I don't know like it just kind of felt like oh like you were you know you made it or you were just kind of like invited to the party I don't know like but it, it that that felt like the achievement um but yeah I don't know like it's so weird I mean like it's um I just, I just feel like, I just remember in, in college wanting to do TV so much. Like I didn't like, did you, I'm, you probably did. I didn't, but like, I remember everyone going to like Dominic's, like everybody went to Dominic's like that was like, everyone went with the Mason jar. I never went, I never had been my entire college career because I was either writing a script for a Terry Lawson class, you know, or like you know, working on our, these projects. And I was so like, I have to do this. I have to do this. And it was so such a big part of my life because I was just 
you, Michigan offered such an opportunity that I don't know if at the time other schools were doing that, but like, I just felt like I wanted to take advantage of all of it. And I mm -hmm. loved it. We, when you asked that question before, when I was saying, you know, that I think everybody has the potential to be something. So I treat everyone that way. You ask also, do I, did I recognize and people, I mean, yeah. I of course recognize hard work and seriousness and meticulousness, you know, like that, those things like you're describing, that wasn't lost on me that you worked that hard and were that serious about it. So, you know, I do see students like that and they're, and you know, I see the hard work and the work ethic. It's like um, when I was saying Zach Arnold, you know, has become this editor. He's a, he grew up on a farm in Wisconsin. He's got no Hollywood connection. And yet to hear him talk about how hard he worked, you know, and, and you know, I think it, it's what you're both saying is that you just sort of went for what you were interested in. And, you know, certainly there's a sense of Nick, in your case, you know, you met people early on who then went to different places and you were able to kind of have your career follow that a little bit. And, but it was you who had the skills and excelled and worked hard to get where you are. So. Um. And I, I attest to that because I did live with him in our early twenties and I was going out drinking or this and that, and you would have like a stack of scripts that you would just stay home and like diligently read and like go through. And I would be like, Oh, like, let's go out. Like, and you were just so dedicated to your work. And I always admire that, like, especially now looking back, because I don't think at that time I had that much dedication, you know, like to like really diving in. I just like wanted to do things. I was well, like, know, it's interesting because you, you both have said like, how have things changed? One of your questions was how's, how's it changed? And I think there's always this pressure to make more specialization, you know, um, because students are really hungry now for what job is it going to get them after college? And I understand that, you know, college is expensive and people, it's a, it's not, it's a general pressure. It's not in any particular to Michigan that people are feeling that way. But um, I've always, always felt that, especially because Michigan, the program you guys were in is an undergraduate program. And so it is the opportunity to do a lot of different things and figure out what you're interested in. You know, if you want to go to like AFI or somewhere and, become a specialist and then that's what you do in a grad school or a or a you know conservatory kind of pro, um, program but um so you know I'm always kind of like holding tight to that idea that it's a good place to give people the opportunity to do a lot of different things and you know I think sometimes our program yeah we have these writing classes you were asking about which are great but they sort of like they sort of groom the kind of it's a pyramid so that the people who are the best writers get to write, you know, they're the ones that get to go on. And then there's some people that maybe are afraid to take a writing class, but like in our class, you guys weren't necessarily studying writing, but we just threw you in and said, okay, write this and make it. And um, I think it sometimes catches people who don't necessarily get the, the golden ticket to go on in writing, for example. And I've always felt that was important. I think um, it's so important. I, yeah. I love that you gave us that opportunity. Yeah. Because like, for example, like the Terry Lawson class, because he was a writer for the Detroit yeah. press or whatever. Yeah. I remember like going around the room and he was asking everybody their favorite movie. And everybody was saying like Goodfellas or like what, you know, like the classics. And I said, Drop Dead Gorgeous. At the time, it was my favorite movie. And he threw me out of class. <laughs> 
oh my God. So like when we had to write our scripts, I'm like, there's no way he's going to like anything I write because based on solely on the fact that Drop Dead Gorgeous was my favorite movie. So like there were, and, and it was always like, you always felt like you weren't good enough compared to the writers that he like really focused on. And he did. He was very like, Nick, did you take a class with him ever? Never took a class. No, not with him. Um, he was just, if he liked you, he liked you. If he didn't, he didn't. That was really what it was. And so you kind of just, or whatever. So the class that we took, which was the sitcom and then you did it and then directed it or whatever. I thought that like, cause it was from the beginning to the end it was such a great opportunity to see how like we can make this thing happen. And I loved that. Um, but I also say, and I would say this to anybody who's going to school, who's out of school, who's in this, in this industry, you could start over at any time and you could start over doing what you want at any time. It's, it's not, if you're a writer and then all of a sudden you're like, shit, I want to go and be an actress. You can do it. And I'm, I'm a perfect example of that in the sense that I've changed my career and I was worried about going into soup because I was like, I, I'm going to miss TV, but soup has given me the, this exactly soup has given me the opportunity to start writing again and to start creating again. And I'm still switching. I'm just not switching full time. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I mean, listen, like I, I do think like, you know, there was something so kind of special about that class that we took, you know, because it was, you know, like I remember, you know, I think it kind of started off We, you know, like. I think we wrote a cold open and, you know, like we each did that and then it kind of like zeroed in and, you know, then we kind of put those projects together and like, yeah, I mean, I guess technically like even just kind of looking at like what I did, it's, you know, it's like there was part writing, but then, you know, which is so what happens all the time, you know, is you can write your own stuff, but that doesn't get necessarily get made, but somebody else's thing gets made. And then you go on that thing and you help write that thing, <laughs> you know, and even with the other project, I think I was in it and then you produced it. And I, I really think in a way, like even like what I'm doing now, which is a bit of a, like a, a kind of a composite of all these, you know, different things I've done throughout my entire career you know, whether it was, you know, just being an executive where you're in an office and, you know, you're, you know, buying the projects and you're developing them and you're having to say as to what gets greenlit to now being more of a producer where you're really, uh, you know, kind of putting some of this stuff together and being, you know, much more like on the ground, like in, in a way, like, you know, the past two years has been so eye-opening to me just from a production standpoint just because you would think like, oh, like I've been working in TV forever. You should just, you know, like I know production, like the back of my hand and it's totally not the case. <laughs> you know, like, I mean, I know like the headlines of production, but being like sunk into like a production, you know, the White Lotus when we, you know, were in a bubble and, you know, we couldn't leave the hotel. I mean, literally like we were at the hotel for two months and, you know, when we were able to leave, we were going home, like, that was such a great kind of, um, you know, kind of case study of really kind of immersing, immersing yourself into a production and really understanding what, what that entails. So like, I don't know, I feel like even just, you know, that aspect for me doing this for so long, I mean, I feel like I'm somewhat of a newbie, you know, with regards to that. Um, but I'm even like writing to some degree. It's like, you know, there's this French actress who I've known forever um, I developed something with her when she was at HBO 
or when I was at HBO and we just decided like the two of us, she primarily wrote it, but like, I really kind of helped her craft like six half hour scripts, you know, it'll be in like, you know, French and or primarily in French and the ideas to, you know, try to sell it more internationally. I mean, that's just something that I just never would have been able to have the time to do when I was an executive and, you know, just even who knows what happens with it, maybe it won't sell, but like, it also allowed me to kind of flex a completely different side of myself creatively, which was more along the lines of being a writer in some way than, you know, really what I would have probably like forecasted my career to have been even five years ago, you know, when I was in an executive suite. So yeah, I, I agree. Like, I think it can kind of, you know, take all these different roads and especially now, I mean, now it's it's funny with you saying that person like, oh, you have to direct or write or act. Like I've just, I, I've almost made a career of like working, you know, with people, whether it's Mike White or Lena Dunham or, you know, like people who have literally like, done the whole thing yeah. that, you know, it almost kind of feels like it almost, not that you have to necessarily go that way, but it, it, it almost feels like a given in a way. Yeah. Nick, what I was going to say before when you were talking, because I do remember in our class, we had everybody pitch a, a, an idea and write a cold open. And then we somehow, I don't remember how exactly, got that down to getting you guys in groups and you would work on mm -hmm. shows and teams. And so you didn't necessarily get to work on the one you pitched. And you also didn't get to necessarily work on, you know, the one you met would have perhaps gone to if you had full choice. I think we, we sort of really figured out how to team people up. But I remember thinking that, um, that you, when you said about me saying that you should somehow be in development, is that you really brought the strength of motivating that group, as I remember it, and you really picked up a lot of the slack, like you ended up writing a lot of it. And um, I don't know, you were, you were really sort of, I saw you as a person who was, could see the bigger picture of it, you know, and motivated people, even though it wasn't your original vision. Maybe that's why I said that to you. Oh, maybe. Was it Wiser Buds? Was it the Wiser Buds? Yeah. Yeah. Well, listen, I mean, it's so, I mean, you know, it, it's kind of in a way like, you know, again, like even, even what I'm doing now, which isn't necessarily like running a department with, you know, 10 people reporting to you, but I don't know. I, 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 yeah, I mean, maybe there was something just kind of like in that within me, but in a way, I don't know, so much of, I just, you know, so, so much of what I've come to kind of experience, like your job becomes, or like the type of stuff you do work on, or again, like now in, in this phase of my career, I have a little bit more control over oh, well, I want to do this kind of thing or this kind of thing or like, oh, like I want to work with these three people who I had a really good experience with five years ago. But especially like when you're, when you are working at a network, you know, even a place as great as when I worked at HBO, at the end of the day, you're still programming for the network, you know, like you can infuse on um, you know, your sensibilities or your taste or some of the projects you would like to do there. But at the end of the day, yeah, you are kind of, you know, it's not 
always about like the thing that you want to do right. um, you know and so I don't know like yeah maybe maybe in a way that's I don't know why why maybe I was able to like flip over into this uh a little yeah, I mean, now there's sort of a there's sort of a, a logic as to who you met and where you went and I, I just think that's so interesting to look back on and as a teacher I sometimes like see it I can see it a little bit before the people can even see it um, I, I don't know I my idea got picked yours did yeah and we had um a writer come in to like read our like first like it was few- David Pollock who yeah. wrote MASH yeah he hated mine and I got <laughs> real mad he hated it I don't he think did you not like it. it he probably yeah, gave you some criticism like he gave me a lot of criticism he didn't like it but I remember like I feel like you could either write it or direct it and I was like nah I'm gonna do both like I didn't want anyone writing it and I didn't want anyone directing it and I think I was with Oh, I forget. I think Maya was in my group. Maya was in your group. Maya was in my group. I think we like took it over and we were just like, we're going to do this. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Nick, for people who are watching besides my mom and dad, um, explain to like, explain the process. Like, so, you know, when you work for HBO, you work for HBO, but like now with what you do, you essentially pitch to HBO, correct? Yeah. I mean, pitch to HBO or, or elsewhere. I mean, my, kind of like my situation is I, I have a basically like a first look deal with HBO. So, you know, I'm a non-writing, you know, producer and you know, basically I need to take the stuff there first if they want to do it. And they primarily done most everything that I brought them, you know, that's great. If they don't, then, you know, it's, you're kind of like free to take it everywhere and- else. Do you pick who you want to work with or do people come to you? Do you get like a lot of people coming to pitch to you? You know what? I feel like I could. I think, and again, maybe it's kind of like what I was talking about, where I had so many years of pitches, so many years of like, you know, like incoming business, which listen, that's that's great. That like now in in this kind of new venture, I, I've just been much more of like, oh, uh, like you know, I really got along with this person or like, I just, you know, I always loved this writer or this writer, but, you know, for whatever reason, when I was an executive, like it just, you know, we just couldn't crack it or just, you know, ultimately didn't get greenlit. So I've been much more kind of focused on um, just, again, like the people in the past who I've worked with that I, you know, obviously that would make sense for what I'm doing now, you know, doing stuff with them on, or, you know, like option, you know, optioning this article or, you know, this book and then, you know, trying to, uh, you know, bring people into that. Um, I mean, there have been things with HBO, like w- when I first got the deal, they put me on a show, which was great. It was this uh, uh, Italian series, uh, this filmmaker, Luca Guadagnino, and I went to, to Italy and produce that. And that was really amazing. The show is called We Are Who We Are. Um, You know, so sometimes, you know, with my deal, if it makes sense, or if I, you know, if I'm free, or for whatever reason, HBO could, you know, ask me just to kind of go on to something. So there's also that aspect of of it as well. You should have, I mean, I don't know, I, I just want to be a fly on the wall, but I feel like you should have one of Terry's classes 
pitch you ideas. And I kind of just want to see you be like, no, move along. How- well, all, the, all the knowledge I think of, of, you know, that you've, you know, gathered in your career about sort of what to spend your time on, you know, I don't think students think enough about that. And maybe they shouldn't, you know, when they're students, like, like the sense of what they're, what they're writing and why they're writing it. You know? Right. Um, there's that and listen like I think you know especially I mean there is such a purity to that when you are a student you know and you're just you know it's whether it's you know you Tracy doing your documentary about your family or like again like I was just you know kind of doing these like silly like mockumentary things or I don't know like whatever I think there's something so great about just kind of like honing in on something creatively that you're interested in but also that you're just like energized to do um but I do think there is something you know especially once you are kind of working more within the industry on and listen like my first job being at Warner Brothers where it was a studio and the job was really to develop projects and this is when it was more broadcast networks cable wasn't much of a thing but you know you would take it to NBC and CBS and Fox and you know like it was such a kind of interesting first step in like, oh, like, well, you know, if you're an executive at Fox, well, I don't know, like maybe what you're looking for are the pitches that make sense mm-hmm. for you and what your business is, isn't necessarily going to align with whatever C- or, you know, CBS or ABC or any of those want to do within a season. So I think that's always something interesting um, that I would always kind of like throw back at students and granted, I don't think they're necessarily, you know, in the place where they need to totally think about it as students, mm-hmm. but that was, I think something that like in hindsight, I think, you know, whether there's like a business class or, 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 or something in college that just makes you think like, yes, like you're writing it for this intent, but yeah. then also like, you know, in a professional setting, or, you know, if you want to then take that creativity and turn it into commerce, like, like, where, like, where does your voice kind of align? Um, but they, it, when you start to leave school, there has to be some eye toward it, because that's where you're going, right? Yeah, um, I, I, you know, there's always, there's always, like, if you have to get, like, I always said, like I always wanted to act and I, I, but I always felt like I needed a job. And so like, I needed a steady job to live out in Los Angeles and provide for myself. But there's always, you could get a job and you could still be creative. You could still, you could still do all those things. And so I think sometimes that like gets lost on people where they're just like, well, I can't do this without, you know, if I do this and I'm never going to be able to write my script. I'm like, there's 24 hours in a day. You can do it. You just have to do it. You guys know, because when you're in Michigan, you're not in the, you're not in LA. And so yeah. trying to go there, it's really scary. And it's really, you know, you could feel like you're just starting out at a disadvantage. My just- friend, my friend Corey went to Michigan and he was in the writing program and he wrote one of the most beautiful writers I've ever, he actually invited me. He run a he won a program at the university of Michigan for a short story that he wrote. And I didn't even know about it. So I went to go hear him read it. And I was like, Oh my God. And then we took Terry Lawson's class together and his script was 
better than everybody's. Like it was so great. And so he doesn't live in LA, you know, his life is in Colorado. And he actually asked me to write a, read a script. And I did, I didn't know what to do with it. Like, I don't know what to do with movie scripts. I'm more TV and it was really good. And so, but there's so many outlets that people don't realize that don't live in LA or not in the know that you could like literally put your scripts up like on the blacklist, for example. And like, you have people reading your scripts and giving you critiques. And if it's good, they kind of like showcase you. Mm -hmm. to a point where my friend Jen she wrote a comedic version of the Titanic (laughs) and she put it up on I think the blacklist and then they had a reading of it and they cast it with all celebrities I went to the reading it was like 400 people so many people it was so exciting but I don't think people realize that that outlet is open to everyone not just people based in New York or LA Mm-hmm. And so, it, you know, I put scripts up on there too. Like, it's such a good source for like, wait, should I pitch this yet? Or do I need to work on it still? Mm-hmm. And so, I don't know. Those no, are things. I Sorry. Add, no, and I would add to that. I mean, listen, like I don't, you know, however much longer, you know, you know, COVID and variants and Zoom rooms and all that. But I mean, listen, like, you know, I was a part of, you know, at least like two writers rooms not as a writer but as a producer where I'd you know kind of come in and out like you know one show literally like the creator of the show you know he's in Cop- you know he's Danish so he's like based in Copenhagen and so he was there and some people were in New York and some people were in LA and you know what I mean like it was just you know like I, I know like Minneapolis is for a long time been a really great kind of birthing ground for playwrights and so I, I feel like I was working with playwrights who, uh, you know, like whether they were still in, you know, doing whatever residency, but like, you know, were in any normal situation, they would have been, you know, limited as to what they could work on television wise or being a part of any sort of room where given kind of everything that's going on and there is so many more, you know, Zoom rooms and people are doing, you know, uh, video conference so much more it's kind of opened a door to like live in a place like Minneapolis or, you know, like I feel like I had someone in a room, he was, you know, in the middle of nowhere in Georgia, you know, like just kind of be like not in kind of the heart of the industry, but still be able to kind of take part, you know, are you, but, doing, yeah, I should know this, but are you doing any uh, TV at all right now or just, straight up suit well I was on one day at a time which was yeah, of course yeah hands down like like ugh, my favorite show so one day at a time is you know obviously a remake of one day at a time but they set it with a Cuban family and obviously my family's Cuban so like every episode was fantastic so we shut down March 2020 and then we got canceled which was such a bummer because it literally being in a I got to sit in a room with Norman Lear and Rita Moreno like taking notes it was such a (laughs) such a like I'll never have that experience again like they were so funny and so amazing and I and the and the director I mean the showrunners were so inclusive so a lot of times my job I don't get to sit in the notes and but but they were so they really wanted the switch to be good so I got to sit in and it was just great so I was still having my shop and I was still doing that show, it got canceled. And I was asked to do a bunch of pilots during the pandemic. But as you both know, I'm sure um, 
I don't have an immune system anymore and I can't, I couldn't risk it. I couldn't put myself out there. And so I just talked to one of my producers to do a show in November and I feel a little bit better about it. You know, I'm vaccinated. I mean, I'm like a little now with the Delta variant. Um, but I just miss being on set and I miss doing what I do, but I also, I love cooking. I feel like Nick, you knew this. Like I always love to have dinner parties. I don't know if you loved me having dinner parties in the apartment, but like, I loved having <laughs> dinner parties. I feel like I do that so much more now. It's oh, like really? something kind of like, I just, I don't know, like maybe it's just, I don't know. There's something like meditative about it. Like I, I, there's something nice about, cause whenever I cook stuff, it's like, from cookbooks, recipes, like I'm very kind of, uh, you know, like I make something that probably is going to like last for three days. Like there's like leftovers, but I think there's something that I really like about just like following the rules to something. These are the ingredients. Like, I I don't know, like there's, and it's something kind of new that I've discovered lately. Like it it, maybe it was, you know, partially because of, you know, being quarantined and whatnot and just trying to like an activity to do. Um, but yeah, I don't know. There is something kind of, again, I keep thinking meditative about mm-hmm. cooking. Well, that it's I also like, kind of like um, gratifying. Like when you get something right and it tastes good and like somebody else is tasting it, you're like, yes, this is such a great feeling. Um, almost everybody I meet has like some sort of chronic illness, some sort of underlying condition, or they're not eating healthy, especially in TV, or I'm, I'm assuming movies too. It's like, you're on set, you're snacking half the time. I always say like, whenever I start a show, I have to like lose a few pounds because I know I'm going to gain a shit ton just eating what's on set. Mm-hmm. But th- with this whole disease, I had to change my whole lifestyle. And so, yeah, I started doing soup and I just decided to do, um, another TV show come November, which I'm super excited about, but I, I do love cooking, you know, like I, I do love it. And I, I love when somebody comes in and it tastes good and, you know, it, it makes me happy. Like when somebody's like, Oh my God, this is so good. I'm like, yes, this is the best pea soup I've ever eaten. That's what I was having. I was having the pea soup. It's, it's so, so good. good. <laughs> and this cookie, this is the best chocolate chip cookie I've ever eaten. Cookies, thank you. Did I give you any, Nick? What's that? Did I give you any cookies, Nick? Yeah, yeah, I haven't had them yet. Okay, and Tracy, I I have sort of similar story. I went gluten free about eight years ago. Wow, yeah, I was chronically sick, and I went to a homeopathic doctor who said that my body had a, a immune response all the time, and it's made me feel so much better. Oh, good. A lot of things are I'm not you know having symptoms of things that I was having before. So I'm right there with you, but thank you again for the food. Fantastic. I'm so, so glad you're going to try it. I'm sure okay. like, do you have that option in Michigan? Like I can't imagine there's many outlets. In Arbor, yeah. Gluten-free, um, it's getting better, you know, but for a while when I first started doing it, I was, I went macrobiotic for some years oh, to wow. get better from what was happening to me. And I had to bring my own food everywhere. Same. I would bring these little things with brown rice, you know, like, it was pretty pathetic, but. And has your eating habits, I, I mean, given every, like, is, is it still the same? Like, have you been able to kind of, I don't know, like incorporate stuff back in or is it just, it's kind of like, why bother? 
I incorporated alcohol back in. I was going to ask. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't drink a drop for four years. Like I didn't have a drink for four years. And as Nick knows, because he spent most of my younger years with me, (laughs) I was my best self when I drank. I loved to drink and I loved to sing songs and do karaoke and yada, yada, yada. So I didn't drink for four years. And I started to drink again. Like I'll have a glass of wine or two. And like, I am trashed. Like me in college, I could have like 17 beers and be like, what are we doing next? And now I'll have like two glasses of wine and be like, somebody needs to carry me to bed. Like I can't do this. Um, so I do that. I never eat gluten. Occasionally I'll have, um, like cheese here and there, but I know that it causes so much inflammation so that if I have it, I know that the next day, like I'll have pain everywhere in my back, like in my legs, I get really bad leg pain. So I know that like, if, if I'm going to do it, I know what's coming next. Yeah. Um, but otherwise, like, you know, I don't really do refined sugar all that much. Um, but I'm not annoying about it. Like if I'm at a restaurant, I won't be like, uh, you know, that's a lie. My, my friend, that's a lie. I am annoying because I'm allergic. I become allergic to everything because my immune system is so weak. Mm-hmm. So, um, but I know where I could go and I know where I could eat. I'm sad that you're not working with the same actors because they were all brilliant. Like it's, it's funny. Like, I think, I mean, that's one of the things that he's, that Mike is the creator is trying to figure out. Like, I think gave an interview recently and, and we talked about this and it's it's kind of a great idea where it's you know if there is you know well there is a second season if there's a third season or you know if it's if it basically kind of like fits into the mold of this kind of franchise idea where you can you know it's like third season is i don't know asia somewhere and you know fourth season is it's like where you guys want to go on vacation yeah exactly <laughs> yeah. but like but almost like maybe there's a way of like bringing people back. Like he's probably going to bring at least maybe one or maybe two characters from the previous season on um, into the second season, but then all new people. But then we kind of talk like, you know, it could be fun if there is a third season, then maybe you bring someone from the first season and then you bring like someone from the second season, then all new people. So it is almost kind of like, it's like my version of Marvel <laughs> you know, like, of like a super, you know, where you just kind of like pluck and move them all around. Um, but yeah, so. It, it was like, I, I just felt like the ending was like so good. It was like happy and sad, everything like kind of all at once. Like, did I want her to get back with her husband? No, like at all. But I kind of liked it because that's probably what would have happened. Like, you know what I mean? Did I love Jennifer Coolidge at the end? I mean, I loved her the entire, I mean, she was fantastic, but there were just so many things. I love that the kid ran back. Like yeah. there's such a, it was like, it was just great. Like I loved everything about it. The, the way that he was able to make it funny, but also so incisive, the, the, the commentary on wealth and tourism, it was, it was just so fantastic. And, um, the whole plot with Kai, the, the uh, yeah. guy who, 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 who she, you know, sort of sets up for this thing and ends up sending him to jail. He needs to come back and be really angry at her. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'd love to see that. Now, yeah. are you on set, Nick, when all this is happening? Because, like, I can just see you, like, laughing so hard at some of these things. Yeah, I mean, 
like, like typically like, you know, cause there are different types of producers and I'm definitely more along the lines of a creative producer. So a lot of times I find that it's like the show that I'm getting ready to, uh, to shoot uh, this fall. Like right now, I feel like I'm very, very entrenched in it because we're doing the scripts and we're, you know, like we're working so much on the creative and then we're going to be in casting. And then like, um, unless if like there's a, a bigger issue, like I'd like to be on set, but I don't necessarily need to be there like every day. You know, then there's like a line, well, Tracy, you know, like there's line producers who that, you know, can kind of like manage um, that and again, like typically the people that I've worked with, uh, you know, they're, you know, it's Mike White or Luca Guadagnino or, um, you know, this, uh, I'm working with Amy Simons and then I'm working with Nicholas Wendy and Reckon. Like there are these directors who uh, like, you know, th- th- they have a very strong vision as to like what they do, uh, like once they're in production. So I can always have like creative feedback, if, you know, I don't know, like, something's kind of going off or there are questions, but typically like once it gets into that zone, you know, like it's, you know, it's, it's kind of in their hands. And then I kind of come back around much more like in the post-production when we're putting episodes, you know, in the edit and all that stuff together. Um, White Lotus was different just because I, I think I mentioned this, like, you know, it was a bubble show. So yeah. like, everybody like the actors the producers the crew anybody craft service like anybody who worked on that show lived at that hotel yeah i'm gonna leave like i got like i don't know like i got there october 15th and i checked out like i don't december 20th or whatever mm-hmm. so with that one like yeah for sure like i was definitely like around you know i definitely I feel like I definitely made a point to always be around for the Jennifer Coolidge scenes. <laughs> not that I, not that I necessarily had like notes or anything. I just, you know, I just, well, I, I, would be I mean, <laughs> not that I've seen you in many years, but I feel like you could take this or leave this. And from what I know about you, but Nick has, Nick loves a good woman. Like you loved Lisa Kudrow in the comeback. Um, I'm back when I was at HBO. Uh, Comeback's one of the best shows. Comeback's one of the best shows. Yes. And Laura Dern, like you you obviously, but like you love, or like that's like when you used to make me, when you used to make me watch The Hours, like with Nicole Kidman. And I'd be like, why? Like this is so depressing. But like you love like a great female lead that could carry a scene. Like, no, I said, like you can kind of like look at like, I mean, I've worked on plenty of different types of shows, but like, I feel like if you really kind of like took the thread of like, I don't know, like what the common denominator is, it's like, it feels like it always involves a woman who might be somewhat unlikable, but who's always kind of putting herself in a compromised situation. Like, again, it's like Laura Dern Enlightened or Lena Dunham Girls or uh, Lisa Kudrow, like, you know what I mean? Like, it's like, you can kind of connect the dots and realize I was probably a part of it. I think every, I think I got the most texts on White, the White Lotus episode when Jennifer Coolidge is like, just go, I'm a mess. Get out of here. I'm terrible. Yeah. And he's like, I'm still going to fuck you. Like it is yeah. one of the best scenes. And I could just see you sitting on set being like, like, this is gold. Like it was such a good scene. And like, how does she come out after that? Like, what, like, 
Like, how does she end? Like, how does when the camera wraps and you're just like, all right, we're done for the day? She's like, all right, cool, I'm gonna go smoke a cigarette. Like, <laughs> like what? What is she like? I feel like that's emotionally. I mean, yeah, I mean, I mean, listen, like, I think Mike kind of uh, that was the only person because they're very close friends that he wrote the role for. Oh, okay. Um, you know, so I mean, I'm not gonna be like, oh, that's you know, her in a nutshell. I think there are, you know. Kind of as you were pointing out, you know, Terry, like there was something very kind of um, just kind of this, the, the, the bite or the, the in, incisiveness of what it was. Like he's just such a good observer, you know? So I think in a way he kind of took like, you know, I don't know, some of the aspects of who she is and kind of put it in that character. Um, but also like knowing like, you know, it's like that, uh, you know, the scene of her, the first botched attempt of her trying to throw her mother's ashes, you know, like he knows he can put her in a situation like that and write something for her, you know, but like, like the, my mother told me I would never be a ballerina. And that was when I was skinny. Like that was her, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you know, so he knows kind of like how to like, let her kind of like roll with it. Yeah. But listen, I mean, you know, the fact of the matter is like, you know, she's just, you know, she's really, really good. She's like a pro and, you know, especially as a comedian, like, you know, I mean, whether it's something more like this or something where, I mean, all of her Christopher Guest stuff is improvised, you know? So, you know, in a way like, yeah, she kind of just like, okay, it's done. <laughs> time, to, time to go back to, you know, yeah. hotel room, I guess. But, uh, but she's great. Well, uh, get ready to go to the Emmys. I mean, that that's just going to be, Congratulations on all the awards. I know you guys are going to win. Yeah, yeah. Amazing. I mean, never know. You can never really. I mean, I, I, I really hope if anything for Mike, because he's just so prolific and he deserves it. You just never know with these awards. You know, like it's stupid, it's, but but it's quality. It nice. Yeah. Fantastic. You know, really. Fantastic. Um. Well, I'm so glad we did this, and I do want. I Terry, I will be there in a heartbeat if you want this yeah, fall same. like that. All right, we'll, we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. We'll see what happens. And um, I know you're both busy, so I'll email you in a while and um, you know, see what we can set up. I'll see if I'll, I, I'll reach out to Shiana and Maya and maybe we'll all get together. And Please do, that would be so fun. Yeah, be yeah, so much fun. Can you imagine yeah. if we got our whole class? That would be great. I mean, I only remember like five of us, yeah. but for yeah. the most part, I mean, that would be so fun. Thanks yep. again for sending that fabulous food. Just oh. so great. I'm Maybe. so glad you tried it. And I'm so glad to see your faces. This has been great. Too. Great. It's fantastic. I love the memories. And again, going through my office was really funny. I can't even believe you still have that stuff. That's crazy. Well, I can't either. I mean, it's it's almost <laughs> pathological, but um, it's been a lot of fun to look at. So, yeah. Well, thank you thank for you everything. So much. Yeah, it was really great to see you both. And congrats on your successes. Thank you. Oh, you great. Thank you. Thank you for helping push us in this direction. So I happy. Yeah. Congrats. 100%. Yeah. Right. Love you both. <laughs> <laughs> you too. Bye, Bye. Nick. Thank you so much. Bye. She was Bye. a video switcher in TV at the time. Then, whoops, suddenly that girl's got lying. Her health is back on track because she switched up her diet. And now she's forcing all her friends to try it. Soup switcher. Gracefully Bye-bye, the bread. If gluten's been a bitch, then